Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. I'm going to keep this very short because not only is there an intro here that you're listening to now, but there's also an intro where I speak to Andrew, where we go over feedback of our previous Virtual Eleven installments two and three. And I also edited this episode to around 90 odd minutes, even though I said I'd try and stick to an hour. It just wasn't possible because we were talking about one song and the feedback combined took up all of that. And I cut a load out as well. So this is, of course, Virtual Eleven part four. Part four of the trilogy, our originally planned trilogy, is now in four parts. And realistically, you're going to get another two before we finish out. As the album went on, we seemed to talk more and more about each song. And then we incorporated feedback bits and everything. Uh, so it's kind of a song per episode at this stage from here on out. But that's fine. Um, I hope you haven't been missing this series too much and that you enjoyed the episodes in between. To me, it's more interesting as a podcaster to take a break between series like this. Maybe for other people, it completely interrupts the flow and ruins it. If it has done, I'm sorry. At the end, though, I will publish a playlist of all the episodes in um consecutive no in chronological order so you can listen to it at your will or re-listen to it if you wish anyway one other thing to note is that this audio was recorded at different times of course the original interviews with andrew were back in february march and april of 2022 so we're into the april session now which was three hours where we covered the last three songs on the album um and the feedback part where I spoke to Andrew again more recently was early June, just before he came over to Ireland and we hung out in Dublin and then went to see Iron Maiden up in Belfast. So a lot of the references are dated. I cut some of them, couldn't cut all of them because it would have interrupted the flow. But just so you know, this was recorded in April and June um, and July, of course, when I'm recording this now. So I hope you enjoy it. Here's part four of the trilogy of Virtual Eleven. All right. Uh, okay, so... Andrew's back with me here. We're going to look at some of the feedback we got for Virtual 11 Part 2 and Virtual 11 Part 3. Um, because I put up Part 3 without doing a feedback section on it. How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, doing well. Getting ready to come and see you in uh, yeah. a little over 24 hours, which is crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? This seems like it's been in, on the cards for ages. Well, it has. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. We're going to see Iron Maiden, of course. And they'll be playing a song from this album. They'll be playing The Klansman. Um, oh, yes. Which is a song about freedom, which is something which should be familiar to us all. Okay. <laughs> which sometimes is not. All right. Are you recording there on Audacity, yeah? Yes, I am. I know you're pushing the time. clap. We didn't do the uh, clap then. Fuck the clap. We'll be here all day. <laughs> 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 right uh, i know you're pushed for time there because you've got stuff to do in a, in a half an hour so we're gonna try and make this snappy but um yeah so i put up episode two of our series and it was about two hours as well um like the first episode and then the third one i i chopped it up a bit i decided to put up an hour-long episode because personally i find listening to podcasts that are two hours long is quite difficult uh, to fit in and you can listen to them in sections and stuff, but it's also quite difficult to edit and time-consuming to edit. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to chop this up into smaller bits. And I don't know what I'm going to do with episode four. I'm going to have a look at it tonight, but uh, we'll see. It could be a mammoth, and I could just finish it off before I go away on holidays for a week, essentially. Or I could chop it up into... We have a lot We have a lot of good material to get into, though, on the yeah. next one. So, <laughs> But anyway, that's the next one, and we're looking back at the previous ones. So uh, give me just one second here. 
and we got some good feedback from people as well um yeah so on the uh 14th of may i put up episode two of our virtual 11 series um and that clocked in at two hours and 45 seconds uh so or no two 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 hours two hours one minute and 36 seconds excuse me so yeah a lengthy one wow um, and I, I i know you were kind of following along but um we got some stuff here so um jmo says here on twitter uh, at josima underscore obes uh the virtual 11 it is very dear album for me i got into maiden just as the time bruce i don't think english is this person's first language so i throw my bone i got into maiden just as the time bruce left so x factor and virtual were my first tours and first records interesting he got to see them on those tours um i could buy that i was waiting for and i didn't care about nothing more than to know maiden was alive uh, so that's kind of nice positive um and then this was followed up with they are the survival discs with the significance that this means uh, for me it's a decent record i enjoy to listen in south america the tour was bigger than the x-fact tour in 98 they played in valet a football stadium and in the x-fact tour they played in obras much smaller um so there you go uh Iron Maiden's career seemed to be growing a bit in 1998 in South America. And I think I've heard people mention this a bit, um, that South America was always big for them. But uh, Virtual Eleven, at least in this uh, person's country, he doesn't say exactly where he's from, but South America, that they seem to be getting a bigger crowd as uh, they release their second album with Blaze. That's pretty cool. I was uh, I was at a Maiden cover band show yeah. recently. and. I met somebody there uh, who was from Brazil, and she had seen Maiden. I think she said twelve times. Like, wow, you, two more than I've seen them. Like, good for you. But it's cool, like how they like. And I think wasn't there another person who uh, responded that says that said uh, they've learned English partially through listening to Iron Maiden. Oh, I think there was. Yeah, was that a different? I person? can't remember exactly now, but yeah, that sounds familiar. Pretty cool perspective to. To hear they're uh, like in South America, they're always like so crazy when you see those t- like the footage of shows and like uh, the one in Santiago. Like I don't know, they're always so crazy. Like yeah, like they they take it to another level. Absolutely, they do. Yeah, the enthusiasm is just um, it's hard to um, it's hard to compare to any other place. Like when you watch the footage. Uh, I don't. I I I'd say the most enthusiastic crowd I've ever been a part of was in Sweden at Gothenburg, Olivi Stadium back in 2016. But um, just watching like the videos of um, yeah, and Vivo and stuff like that, it's just uh, and it's it's no, it's no surprise that they decided to release another one in South America after Rock and Rio as well. Uh, what he's saying here yeah. as well, uh, I could meet the band on that last place concert in December '98 in Buenos Aires, Argentina. All right, so that's where he's from. Uh, okay. It was a Monsters of Rock show, so Angra, Halloween, Soulfly, Slayer. Um, but a few stayed in our, our hotel uh, so he has a photo there of him with Blaze and with Steve and uh, everyone involved is looking extremely young so very nice he also says I'm really enjoying the episode it takes me back to the time and place when I was 19 and we crossed from Montevideo uh, which is in Argentina uh, to the huge Buenos Aires to see our band and the presence of Maiden was felt everywhere every record store got Maiden music loud t-shirts everywhere uh, I remember saying to Steve while my legs were shaking why don't you go to Uruguay ha 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 uh, he told me not enough time not enough time <laughs> <laughs> he's like we were at least four or more hours waiting and then stay- Steve came out and took time for all of us so that sounds about right from uh, any recent people's interactions I've heard with Steve Harris at British Lion shows although I don't know if he's 
done it after Iron Maiden shows, probably since Virtual Eleven. I'd say that was the last time you would have got a Steve Harris photo up. Yeah, yeah, true. That's a very cool memory. Glad that this person was able to uh, reminisce after listening to our episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's JMO or at J O S E M A underscore O B E S. Uh, Jose. Yeah, Jose Ma, Jose Ma, Obes. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've I've spoken to this person a few times now. So, uh, thanks for listening. Then he mentioned that they did play Uruguay in July twenty in 1992 because they couldn't play in Chile because of the church pressure. Um, so, at the last minute, they did a, a date in Uruguay. So he was 13 years old and his parents didn't let him go. So six years later, until he actually got to see the band. So there you go. Those are great pictures. Yeah. Then we had uh, Luis Mariano, of course. I'm going to have fun following your theory of the songs being about the future of Blaze and Bruce. On the back of the number of the Beast album, Dickinson carries a flame slash torch. He is therefore the light bringer. So when Steve wrote the song, he is saying that may be the light bringer. Which song is this again? Will strike uh, again. That must be in Lightning Strikes Twice. Um, very interesting if that is Steve's yeah. intention there. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a little, a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know because like when we first started doing this analysis we didn't well at least i didn't really make that connection but now it seems like there's connections to this theory wherever you look so Mm. who knows he also said uh luis again the quote you gave from nico is correct I can't remember the specific quote, something to do with a bit blaze or something. Um, he said, however, he has denied it a couple of times, as expected. There was also a rumour that Yannick once said to Harris, close to the end of the Virtual Eleven tour, that if he didn't fire Blaze, then he would go. Yannick said this, apparently. It has also been denied. Uh, th- but then he says, however, I do know Bill Barkley quit because he hated what Maiden was doing on your, and attributed much, uh, uh, doing on tour and attributed much of it to Blaze. Bill Barkley, he must be one of the, mm. is he one of the, the, fucking Davies tech yeah stage That's stage it. hands or something like that oh I said who was Bill yeah. Barkley he said Bill yeah 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 <laughs> he was Bill Barkley <laughs> was Davies tech in 82 and by the end of the 80s early 90s he was tour manager until well you know right so apparently the tour manager quit because of Blaze according to Luis anyway um interesting yeah that's definitely some maiden trivia that i would never have ever uncovered so no no thanks for that luis <laughs> james fraser then said uh, looking forward to this one for my money this is the most interesting period in iron maiden's history they were completely lost musically and had gone off the cliff in terms of popularity i'd love to see an honest documentary of this time perhaps in perhaps in the next history dvd chris spice joined in he said spot on 92 to 99 is without doubt the most fascinating period of the band and then louise says in response it would be great to see an honest documentary about it but for what i know although filmed the idea has been shelved and didn't even get to the blaze part it finished in 92 so he's obviously referring to the next part of the history dvd series there that's a shame because the last one we saw i think was seventh son i assume you've seen that have you yeah uh a while a little while ago yeah i guess that's where they stopped eh? Yeah. It, what's interesting about those documentaries is that uh, they are filmed so long ago now that the earliest of them is about 20, 18 years old. So I think what I would love to see, and I don't know if you would, I assume you would, is a, a refresh of the entire thing. Get everybody involved. They're back on good terms with Paul Diano now. Blaze has been on good terms with them, but do a nice career spanning, even if it has to be multi-part documentary. And yeah, that'd be awesome. And try and they're still playing Blaze era songs. Exactly. Yeah. So like clearly they're and address 
this type of stuff, uh, but it'll probably never happen. But I'd absolutely love to see it. Yeah, I'd like to see anything, really. <laughs> yeah, I think part three or part four or part five of that series that started in 2004, I think the ship has kind of sailed now a bit. And it's their fault, really, for not keeping it going. Yeah, they should uh, They should keep that going, for sure. Just keep it going, like, chronologically. Like, uh, this whole decade would be so cool to learn about, like, the absolutely behind-the-scenes sort, sort of stuff. Even, uh, do you know what it would be great to see, like... You know, people are always going on a bit like the rise and fall or something. I'd love to see something like the fall and rise of Iron Maiden. Started in the 90s and have it coming off the end of Seventh Son. I, actually, it could just be the next part in the series. And document like No Prayer, Fear the Dark, going into X Factor, going into Virtual Eleven and then coming back with Bruce. That Would that be the greatest story ever told? Just start it with the Weekend Warriors playing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> the, the fall of Iron Maiden. <laughs> Let's play that in full. Uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, no. Uh, Caveman Ninja says, I wouldn't say they were lost musically. You might not like those albums, but at the very least, at the very least they're coherent. I also very much doubt they'll ever co- cover this era in a history DVD. In fact, I don't think there will be any more in that series, given that they seem to have abandoned the DVD format altogether, and nothing past 88 is going to make much money anyway. I don't know about that, Caveman Ninja. Uh, I think people would be fascinated by... As, as I presented it there, the rise and fall or the fall and rise culminating in a Bruce return. There must be so much footage and interviews they could do and stuff that exists and footage of the Ed Hunter tour or Ed Hunt tour or whatever the fuck it was called. Uh, all that stuff is, is gold. I guess that he might be right that there might not be much money to make in it, but like, I don't know. They don't, they don't really need money, I, I feel. <laughs> Just to art for art's sake, you know? Yeah. For your legacy, the legacy of the beast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what else do we have here? This is so... Uh, 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 yeah, no, nothing else there. Alan Bell. I'm enjoying finding out the true meaning of this album. Interesting to hear the opinions regarding the Clansman. I've always struggled with it personally. It doesn't sit well with me at all, but I do seem to be in the minority. Uh, and I just said, cheers, Alan. Glad you're enjoying it. It's enjoyable to delve into Iron Maiden every so often. I've always loved the Clansman since releasing the episode. I've read up slightly more on Scottish history. It's complicated to say the least. That was me saying that. So I remember I said some kind of fucking half-assed explanation of like England being uh, ruling over Scotland and oppressing them like they did to Ireland for hundreds of years. But it's way more complex than that. We, we sort of ad-libbed that. I know, yeah. <laughs> Changeovers like, in oh, monarchy. Something and, to do with some, some historical event between Scotland yeah. and England. Yeah, but there's all sorts of changeovers and agreements and people being granted lordships and kingships and rule and land and uh, battles and wars in between. And like it's really, really complicated. So to try and summarize it in a few sentences like I did is, was a fool's errand, I think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Alan went on to say, although Canadian politics seems more so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and you said I've cooled off considerably on politics since the comedy. Right, I uh, certainly have. Uh, that was just uh, something that was happening right outside my door. So that was why I was fresh in my mind at that time. But now it's like, uh, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Louise says again, uh, I agree with what you say, fucking Metalcast, about Steve. He's a very stubborn person, so if he has to defend an idea, he will definitely fight till the end, which isn't always that good. I think we all kind of know that about Steve, don't we? Um, and then, blah de blah. And he said, and yeah, Maiden is actually kind of an obsession, sometimes driving me mad, but I'm finally about to end my new book, which will give me some peace of mind. Peace in capitals there. <laughs> 
Uh, yes. I did buy one of his books about the early days of Iron Maiden. I haven't read it yet, but it seems like it's been heavily researched. So one of these days I'll delve into it. Cool. I'll have to get a copy of that as well. Larry Rodriguez said, don't look to the eyes of a stranger. And I said, coming later. <laughs> a little foreshadowing. That was on part two anyway. Uh, is is that the next there? one? that we're? No, is it Educated Fool next? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Educated Fool, I believe, is coming up soon. I just want to see who's ranting on Facebook. That's worth looking at. <laughs> Dan Mortimer, is Andrew DeBroy aware of who Chris Tarrant is? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, after that comment, I went online and watched his best of phone yeah. a friend. <laughs> oh, hello. Sure? <laughs> Final answer? <laughs> it's only easy if you know the answer. Oh, Chris um, Tarrant here from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Hello. Yeah, oh, hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Then I like that Eric Shaw's comment there. He's like, now the question becomes, is Chris Tarrant aware of who Andrew DeBroy is? I like that one, yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, I, said not, I said not yet. Hopefully uh, he's, uh, he'll learn soon enough. Then Gaz Meathans Martinez said, your Steve Harris is still the best Steve Harris since Steve Harris. That's the bass player from Seven Sisters there joining in the conversation. Uh, all right. That's episode Does, does he mean your, your impression of him? I assume he does, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, on so. episode three, which I put up more recently uh, on the 1st of June or 31st scroll. of May, depending on your time zone. What is, yeah, Luis Mariano put up something saying, guys, here's something about your talk about cheap mentality reminding me I had. Uh, it was It's an article called The First Time I Met Steve Harris. I didn't read it yet, Luis, but um, I did open it in my phone and it's one of my many open tabs. So <laughs> uh, it will get read. It's like an IOU. Uh, it's kind of like you just keep it there. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I have a lot of open tabs in my fo- phone as well. I should go through them at some point. Probably yeah, I'm usually, two. I'm usually operating in the 40 to 50 zone. Um, it kind of I'm, represents my life. I'm, yeah, let me see. I'm at uh, 99. <laughs> oh, that's probably the limit, is it? <laughs> no, I think it's actually 99 because if you go to 100, it just has... A smiley face. <laughs> right, yeah. Actually, I only have nine open. I tell a lie. Do you, not, do you want to know why? Because I killed all tabs there a while ago because it was just too oh. stressful. Um, I do that every so often. It's it's like cleaning your room or throwing out old clothes or something like that. Uh, you just have to get rid of them. It's open again in my tabs, I, Luis. I just opened I will read it as well. So I will, I will read it soon as well. So. Okay, so here's our buddy from Argentina again saying, well, many things to say. I also know all X Factor and Virtual Eleven lyrics. So remember I was saying that I know all those lyrics. He's like, it's something that doesn't happen to me with all Maiden records. My theory is that these records were released when I was between 17 and 19. And all the records of that year, of those years uh, kept very deep inside me. I assume he means er, er. he holds them deep inside. Um, I can sing by heart the two records. And then he said, I was laughing because when we made the Sabbath Top 5 on our channel, they accused me of cheating on my true Top 5 basically saying forbidden couldn't be in his top five so i think he's just talking about how we were saying that like it's a good album and you shouldn't just dismiss it and i gave the example of black sabbath forbidden as one that keeps getting dismissed mm-hmm. by people as well um so yes there you go uh, dave at racer dave 24 wait a second when i call a company and speak to customer service i hear all the time sorry sir the computer is slow today <laughs> give me a moment and I said, uh, really, normally they say the system is slow to me. And I think to myself, don't I know it, buddy? Uh, he just says, feck, I call the worst damn companies. Uh, blah, blah, blah. 
And then he said, laughing my ass off at the story you were telling, Fergal, about the guy singing all the greatest hits, Bowie songs in the crowd. And then a song comes on that he doesn't know and he turns toward the stage and you start singing the words to him. I just said, yes, he was really winding me up. <laughs> and then he just quotes me saying, he was singing to the crowd as if he was hosting the show. He sounded like a colossal a-hole. Yeah, that's a pretty funny story. <laughs> I just... I, I, and I would like I would like to see you do that to somebody. <laughs> I, I've had lots of weird interactions at gigs. Uh, it's part, you know, there's a lot of people there. It's mob mentality. You're drunk. Uh, most of them are very pleasant interactions, but some of them are just kind of a bit mad as well. Uh, but I, I, I find we'll have like, uh, people at the Maiden show that uh, are all gung-ho and then they don't know any of the words to the Sanjutsu song and then, and then we'll just like sing every word to them. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Although I'd have to, I'd have to know the bloody words first. Yeah, uh, can't I can't Actually, say yeah. that I'm, I, I'm singing those off by heart at this point. I don't know all of the title track Mm-mm. quite yet. It's uh, not, not even yeah. close. I'll definitely um, scream the chorus. But then uh, Louise says, "Love the part where you guys talk about how people don't really listen to or know a certain artist, song, or album, and just repeat what others say." And then I said, I live my way, not how you say. That's a quote from a Wolfsbane song there, which I'm assuming Louise got. Um, that uh, is also from Metallica, is it not? Uh, you can do it your own way. If it's done just how I say. <laughs> Phrased right. slightly differently. but I don't know. I don't recognize that. What song is that in? Uh, it's uh, maybe Harvester of Sorrow. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think... Okay. Could be wrong. Anyway, I'm gonna see them in a couple of days. I'll listen out for it. That'll be cool. Um, so Dave, when when he said uh, the the computer the computer is slow today, I did some reflecting since we had that discussion, hmm. and I, I do use the word computer. If 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 my computer is giving me issues, I will say, "Sorry, computer issues. Talk to you soon." <laughs> hmm. Or compu- got to restart my computer. Just give me five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose I do as well. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Even my computer, computer shows. shows. I must restart right now. Um. All right. What else? There's not much else left here to talk about. Uh. Dave, racer at racer thirty four. He's just quoting me saying, "Lyric writing is like dreaming while you're awake." I just said I'd often thought that, but I'd never articulated it in such a way. Um. That's the beauty of having a podcast, isn't it? Things come out of your brain that you're forced to articulate because you have a microphone in front of you and sometimes it can come out really well and sometimes you just sound like a blathering idiot. <laughs> blathering or blithering? Well, there, that's a prime example probably. I don't know. I would have thought blathering, but um, uh, write in and tell us. for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've listened to these episodes in full, but what are your general thoughts? How do you feel this has gone? My thoughts? Uh, yeah. I guess because you're talking to me, so I figured, yeah. I am, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I listened to them both when they first came out. I actually don't really remember too much about the uh, second installment one because that was you know several weeks ago now. Mm. Uh, but the one I just listened to with the 40 minutes for our talk of declination and such. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was I, like it, the forty minutes. I I listened to it all in one, in one listen, which was nice. But I, and then you'd put the poll up of like what people prefer. 
in terms of yeah. length of episode. And it seems like most people prefer the shorter episodes. Um, I can tell you for, for definite what the results of that poll were. Oh, I split quite, quite nicely. 50% <clears throat> said 40 minutes. 25% said 41 to 90 minutes. And then 12.5% 91 to 120 and then 12.5% 120 plus. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Sorry, it was 40 minutes the last one. Yeah, I thought it was an hour. It wasn't. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, for, uh, most people thought 40 was the best. 41 to 90 got 25%. We should address Uncle Steve here. Sorry. So, Uncle Steve, we talked about, I, we both talked about how uh, he doesn't do much editing on his podcast. And I don't know if oh. you listened to his podcast in response to that but on the episode itself he said he felt his feelings were hurt a bit and that he's like i don't know why these guys are saying this about me i didn't do anything and look it wasn't an attack and i explained to him i private messaged him and i said look i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt your feelings it wasn't uh intended that way it was just a funny thing that came up in conversation and i left it in because it was funnier in than out and again that's when you are editing a podcast and you find an ad hoc comment and it was funny because I was saying, shut up, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and like, I, I didn't think it was a slight against him. I, I didn't it think was so like, either. Because he's put, he put out like so much, so much good content. Like it, and it would baffle me if he was able to find time to edit all of those like very intricately or whatever. So yeah, yeah in, in my mind, it wasn't a, an, a, an insult or it shouldn't have been t- taken as a, insult it's like because yeah. puts out so much content it wasn't meant as an insult yeah. what i did really mean is that you do get entire whole conversations and i would be more inclined to and i don't maybe as he's described himself maybe he does it so deftly that i don't even notice where he's making the incisions but to me there's parts of what i hear on his podcast if it were on my podcast i would cut that's all i'm saying uh and that's just my own take on podcast editing. And he has his own take. And we did talk about this briefly on uh, private message on Twitter. Uh, and I said, I listen very critically to other people's podcasts. And he said the same. And that's just how you do. If you're li- creating your own podcast, you listen, you're critical with a critical ear and you're thinking of your own thing. But his podcast is extremely popular. It obviously works for a lot of people who listen to it religiously every week and he gets great interaction on Twitter. So who am I to criticize how someone else edits their podcast? So let's just leave it at that, I reckon. Yeah, agreed. I mean, when I start editing my own, then I'll start, uh, then I can have a, a voice in this discussion too, but we'll see. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Rock a roller with De Bruyne coming soon. <laughs> a touch of De Bruyville. Sorry, I'm looking wow. at the Judas Priest set list. The Judas Priest set list here, and I'm just trying to fit your name into. Um, so it's a Judas but, Priest podcast. No, it's not exactly. I was yeah. just happened to be looking at it before I uh, okay. started the Zoom call with you. Um, all right, look, I know you're yeah. kind of on the clock here, so. Uh, Kind of, yeah, we could kind of leave it there for this one. Uh, educated fools next, and I know we had a long discussion. That. Yeah, <laughs> it might it might just be educated fool. I don't know who I think yeah. I am at this point. I think I made an A to Z or something doing single track episodes. But anyway, right, we leave it there. Go and have your uh, your meeting, and I'll yeah. I'll see you in a couple of days. All right, I'll All see right. you soon. Cool. Cheers, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
All right, so you're back, Andrew, for part three of Virtual Eleven, and eleven and yeah. three makes fourteen, and that's the number of episodes. I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, no, it's just part three of Virtual Eleven. Uh, so it's great to be back here on the first of April in Canada, but well, it's the second of April in the Republic of Ireland. Oh shit! Yeah, just past midnight. Yeah. Well, happy April second. Thank you. Uh, oh, it's good. good I'm to nobody's be back, fool, man. as Cinderella would have said. Yeah. Back in the in 1980s. That's about the time I was born. The 1980s? Yeah, you know, the the, the last part of the 1980s. Which part in, was that? The 1989 1989 part? 1989. <laughs> was that? Is that when you were born? All right. Yep. 1989. Oh, good and song. it feels like an illusion. I think you showed me that song last, last time we hung out. Nestor, yeah, I did. I was on a big Nestor yeah. buzz for a while there. And I still am. It's just, you know. Do you know what I find lately, actually? You get into a band and you're into them for like a few weeks and then a new shiny toy finds, like, you know, you takes your attention. You're like, oh, this is a great band. I think I've talked about this with other people and you, actually, as well. It's hard to build those lasting bonds with bands because every, like, three weeks there's a yeah, new band. it's everywhere. And it's, it's like, like, oh, you have to listen to Bleh. And you're like, well, of course I do. And then you do. And okay. you're like, oh, I just forgot everything I loved about the other people. Right. We And we kind of had that discussion about, like how music these days is just everywhere like you could there's no barrier to entry whereas back in like the 80s right you had to like sell your stuff to a like album whatever like a record label yeah 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 and then now like anyone and their daughter can produce anything and just put it on the internet and then so Lauren like, Harris yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah good one <laughs> yeah. yeah i've never heard her actually i've never listened to her and i never no, will um but no yeah that's true and uh yeah. i was i was big into nester there for a while i'm not like i haven't disowned them or anything like that they've just fallen out of my um my recently played which just that just happens you know yeah i had, I had a few of those little phases too with like uh haunt for a while oh yeah and, and then uh lunar shadow i was obsessed with for like a couple weeks yeah but then like i don't know you just I know with I, life. I had a huge haunt phase. Virtual eleven. <laughs> and on virtual eleven, yeah. I I had a big haunt phase for a long time, like spanning a couple of years. Um and then they just kind of got pushed aside for newer bands of, of that kind of same genre. Um but I'm gonna see them next month, so I started listening to them again. Oh, so that'd be that'd yeah. be fucking awesome. Do you know what I'm going to a festival in Texas, but it like all of the bands only have half oh, hour. Right half hour time slots if they're not to the Texas that's so I'm cool. going to Texas well, <laughs> I am going to Ireland yeah you are going to Ireland yeah. but yeah before we get to that which we will in a sec yeah all the bands only have half hour time slots which is kind of shit because they actually really only have about 26 27 minutes because they have to get yeah. off the stage and then there's it's no just like three or four songs like yeah, or in Iron Maiden's case, it'd be one song <laughs> and some stage banter. Yeah. So I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. Who said that? Yeah, my Is uh, that uh, Tupac? No. no. Uh, Guess Notorious B.I.G. No. No. Uh, Jay Z. You're just naming rappers now. Dude, I'm not a big rap. I'm not a big rap guy. You'll you'll get it eventually. Come on, keep going. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. Uh, As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life 
and realize there's nothing left because I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. Oh, it's bugging the crap. Can't spend it most of lives living in the gangster's paradise. Uh, is it Coolio? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Coolio from 1995. Gangsta's Fuck paradise. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that's so, so good. So for some reason, if you're from Ireland and you were you were like around my age or a bit older, like so I'm 36, so give or take a couple of years either side, you you know that song off by heart. Um, it's very big in Ireland. In fact, I think it was probably number one in Ireland. But I don't know all that's the lyrics. So, that's off so by heart. funny. Yeah, it's so now, funny I, to think a bunch of Irish people listening to like gangster rap in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let me see now. Uh, I'm trying to look up the chart positions here. Uh, Ireland, yeah, it was number one in Ireland. It was a number one hit single That's in Ireland. That's so funny. Ninety-five, <laughs> ninety-five, yeah. So I'm bringing so that you up. Would obviously, have been nine. I would have been nine around that time. Yeah, I would have turned ten later that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, because my brother was big into like rap and hip hop and stuff, and I, I recognize it, of course, but like I'm not. I don't know. I'm not into. Never got into hip hop or rap. See, I, I, like Coolio wasn't gangster rap. Coolio was like a no, main, no. mainstream yeah, crossover right, kind right. of guy. Like yeah, now, for sure, he had albums sure. before like top forty stuff. Yeah, I mean, he had an album before and he had albums afterwards. But like, this was like real crossover. He had that, you know, that song "See You When You Get There." I'll see you when you get there. I'll see you when you get there. No, no. Okay, <laughs> that was his other big hit from the time. It was the style at the time, but um, it was tied an onion to my belt. But, uh, anyway, the, the reason I'm saying that is because uh, it has the phrase "educated Ed- fool" in it. Okay, I'm an educated fool with money. Do on you my think mind. that's that's where Steve got the inspiration? Well, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's where he got the inspiration. Of course, who else but Coolio could have inspired that song? Oh, who of else? course. Who else? Who else? No, I, I was actually just googling the phrase "educated fool." earlier on because that's where we left off the song prior to that oh, was smart, uh, smart. when two worlds collide and, and nothing really comes up um i mean there's an urban dictionary definition so an educated fool is filled with book knowledge but lacking in common sense and i think that's a conclusion we I all can relate to, to that yeah um yeah. so that's where we are now we're on the song educated fool we're continuing virtual 11 and we're going to finish it this evening uh, it's the 2nd of april and Fuck we started yeah. this we started this a few weeks ago um, I've been looking forward to this for a while, man. Uh, yeah, me the too. The whole week, because it's been a busy month with my tax. Tax, tax season. season is in full sweep. Full, uh, full sweep. Full sweep, yeah. <laughs> full sweep, full swing. Full swing. Swing. Yeah, so Friday on the end of a deadline, and I'm educated, but I'm an idiot, so I can relate <laughs> to this song. Okay. Um, so this was... a. Uh, Murray Bailey Harris track and Murray is first in the credits. So I'm guessing here. No, sorry, that's wrong. I'm looking at the wrong really, side. I, th- oh. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was just Harris. I'm looking at two worlds collide here and Dave is oh, smiling wow. at me with his cut off denims uh, from the. Uh, nice. He's not smiling, actually. He's <laughs> smirking at me as if he knows that I'm wrong. He's, He's like, you idiot. That's the wrong song. Look at the other page. Okay, Dave. All right. You've made your point. Um, so I'm looking at Educated Fool. Yeah, this is Harris. Solely Harris. Six minutes yep. forty four seconds of I got six minutes forty six seconds. Of Ari. Well, I'm just looking at the booklet here that comes with Yeah, the, on this 
you see this oh yeah i see that yeah yeah it says 646 well they might it might run long on the vinyl actually in fairness i'm looking at the cd booklet here yeah maybe there's every chance so how long is how long is a piece of string (laughs) how long is a chinaman (laughs) i don't know if you can say chinaman (laughs) anymore (laughs) it's not a question how low is his brother Yes, <laughs> you got it. You probably edit that out. That's okay. no. I'm gonna keep that in. Actually, I don't think it's it's not quite racist enough to edit out. Uh, no, it's a, one of those old jokes that I only know because of my dad. And like, yeah. So that's yeah, fine. If it's from your dad, it's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. meant. To, it was it's meant, a generational thing. <laughs> it was meant in good faith, really. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he knew several Chinamen, and they were oh, yes. perfectly Indeed. nice. Indeed, yeah, They're, yeah, great. I know several Chinamen. <laughs> right, we probably should stop. <laughs> that are now. excellent. That are excellent people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So okay. how long is "Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger" in your in your records? Jesus, hold on. A eight oh three. 803 it says 811 here yeah it must be running long in the groove that's the technical term that's, that's pretty cool technical Let's term get in the groove for vinyl vinyl yeah. <laughs> brother yeah okay before we alienate <laughs> the remaining audience here um, <laughs> we've already um, lost china china china's well, gone china yeah the 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 stats from China on this episode are going to oh, be they're, they're absolutely well. they're gone they're gone <laughs> through the floor now. Like I've lost all of yeah. those people. Well, anyone that was tuning in, they're immediately tuned out now. Yeah, and yeah. I don't blame them. Okay, so we're looking at the educated fool. Um, this is a song by Steve Harris from Virtual Eleven from the album of the same name. No, just from the album Virtual Eleven in 1998. He probably did have money on his mind at this point because it was 1998 and they're probably running a loss at this stage. Okay, let's play The Educated Fool. Let's listen to this intro here. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, I love that little... uh I love it. I love it as well, actually, yeah. yeah. It's actually like... I, every time we do these deep dives, I have a new appreciation for it. Pause it now. So, I'm going to pause it there for a second. Um, yeah. I love the bass intro. It's like... Yeah. I've said this before. Oh, it's times. classic Harris. I was going to say, yeah, it could only be Steve Harris playing that. Yeah. And there's like a nice like wispy guitar behind it. I don't yeah. know what wispy means. I have I have so I have so much to say about this song. Okay, that, like, well say it all. Because I mean, uh, well, and we haven't even started to play it yet. But it's like just from an out, just on a high level perspective, educated fool. I very much relate to that term because <laughs> I am like I have a you know, university degree and a master's degree and a CPA, but like, I'm also just a fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, and, and, and I can kind of relate that in like, when I first went to university, 
I was trying to like follow the footsteps of others rather than, you know, creating my own path. And I think that's kind of what this song is trying to get at a little bit is that like, you know, your, your, your path is kind of already set out for you in advance and you don't really have much say into it until it's too late. And then you realize, Oh shit. There's all these things that I want to do. I want to live a life of my own, you know, yeah. all those, I want to, I want to, he's taking agency yeah, yeah, for yeah, his own yeah. life. It's, it's, it's really, it's really relatable and it's very passionate. And this, this guitar intro is just, it's very, it's beautiful. I think, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of passion. Yeah. It's about learning the hard lessons of life. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Um, so Steve has said this about the song. He said, uh, it's about growing older and everybody expecting you to be wiser. But somehow the older you get, the more you know, the less you have the answers for. Um, mm-hmm. And that, yeah, is, that is interesting. Totally, uh, and that's, as I go, like, you're in your mid-30s. I'm in my early 30s. And I don't know about you, but. So we're both in our 30s. Goes, indeed. <laughs> so I was just in. Uh, at work, we had this little beer o'clock thing because it was Friday, oh, yeah. it was a deadline day. And you, it was like a virtual hangout thing. Were there 11 and of you we, at this virtual hangout? Please tell me there were. There, there was, it was more than 11. There was ah, like fuck. 18. Virtual 18. 18. Uh, All right. Then. But anyway, so uh, we were like hanging out and you could like walk around this little room by using your little arrow keys on the computer and you can walk around and join different conversations. Oh, that's really weird. And then I, joined, I joined one conversation and then talked to them for a bit. And then I went over and I joined this other conversation. And it was with people I've never seen before. And they're so young. They're uh, like the co-op students. So they're like university students who just started at like at the firm that I work for. And they're, they're, I asked them how what their age was. And they're like, I was born in 2001 and I'm like, holy shit, that just blew me away. Like you are like a full generation younger than me. Mm. So it's like, it's, and it's weird because like, I I never really felt like I've never felt and kind of what the lyrics allude to a little bit. Like I've never felt this way before you kind of feel older, you feel wiser. Mm. I and I've kind of felt that over the last like couple of years. Yeah. I've been getting older and wiser, but also like not really having, you know, having the answers for anything. You know, but I'm you, still an idiot. I'm what? I'm getting I'm getting wiser, but I'm getting stupider at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> stupider like a fox. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Perfect. I, I'm uh, I'm similar like in that I've got older definitely certainly have done that one tick um probably a bit wiser certainly with things like emotional intelligence like to, oh, to actually sure. be serious for a second like and uh, like understanding other people and where they're coming from and being empathetic towards them and things like that um the answers to the questions of the greatest things like you know war and politics and all that nobody has those and i think it's actually wise to admit you don't have the answer rather than to pretend you do right. because that's and more alarming god than anything. And religion and well not even god but i mean you can have a belief in that right okay you can have yeah. a belief in religion but like somebody who will um talk down to you or like speak at you 
um, about, you know, let's say, for example, the current Russian-Ukraine conflict. And right. Talk to you as if they know how it could be resolved if they were in power and they do it in 20 minutes. <laughs> that type of thing. Like Those people are, are, are quite insufferable, I find, as an adult. And yeah. I think I'd have a lot more time too. for somebody who would who would talk to me about it or, you know, maybe not, depending on whether or not it was appropriate to even bring it up. Um, some people like bringing it up to you at all times and also telling you how it, how it should be and how it is. And you're just like, <sighs> you know. And I think it's wiser yeah, I, I, to actually admit that you don't know. And like it, it's a, it's a, um, there's cognitive dissonance there. It's like one one side of you is like, yeah, absolute scumbag, warmonger. Oh, the other side is like, oh, but I mean, countries have always gone to war. Uh, how can we stop this? How do we change the model? How do we change the outlook? Why do people want to have war? Blah, 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 blah. Instead and, of somebody saying, what can you believe of like of what the media tells you? The media. Yeah, exactly. I've grown very distrustful of the media over the last couple of years. Wait, you said you said something. So I'm going to get us back on track here, I think. Okay, go on. When you said when you said um, somebody talking down to you or telling you like somebody who has experienced it before, therefore you must listen to me because I know I've been through it. Yeah, I can I can relate to that because I had a stepfather who I love, great, great man and everything. But I think he kind of, it was difficult because he was a policeman and then he had like his own, he had a career after that and like government work. And so like very kind of conservative, great, great, great person and, and everything. But I think looking back at my childhood, he had a big influence because it was like kind of, you know, I, I know best and listen to what I say and, you know, you should take this path. And so I kind of, I kind of did that. I went, I went to university for science when I was 18 years old and then just completely flunked. I failed all five of my first classes in, in my first university semester. And then, so after that, I started like, like, so my parents paid for my tuition and then I failed and then I got kicked out. So then they, <laughs> Sorry for my life. parents, my, my parents, yeah, it's actually a pretty, pretty good way. I think reflecting now, it's a good way to learn the lesson because it was like, they're paying for my education, which is not that cheap in Canada. And so and I didn't take it seriously, and I was just a young idiot, you know, an uneducated fool. Mm, the worst and kind. Trying to get educated, and so then I got a job at a golf course serving food and beverage Clamatos. to very affluent, affluent individuals, and made a bunch of money. And then my parents made me repay the tuition that they paid, and then pay my own way going forward. So it was kind of a lesson for me to learn in that, like, I can't just expect everything to be hidden, uh, to be given to me or handed to me or paid for me. I have to kind of carve my own path. And that's why I relate. I relate so much to this song. There's right. so much about, you know, carving your own path. I want to, uh, you know, live out all my desires, mm. etc. <laughs> no, I, yeah. That sounds, 
I, I, I was I was hanging on every word you said there. Yeah, that was really interesting. A nice uh, bit of personal background mm-hmm. as well. It's, like it makes it yeah for, for somebody listening now. Like it, that makes it more relatable. And many many people have experienced that. And I kind of experienced. I think similar. So, uh, right exactly. Do you have a similar? Well, I, I ended up doing a course in in college, and I didn't really want to do it. So I put down media arts for my first choice. We have this thing called a college application something or other and um a cao form i can't remember what the o stands for college application offers or something like that and uh, i put down media arts media arts was like sound engineering film production um you know uh, anything to do with the media and arts basically which is yeah the things i've been drawn to ever since um i did a, a course in screenwriting during lockdown i did an advanced course in screenwriting afterwards uh, I've, I've obviously i've been doing a podcast i'm in a band i've recorded my own music etc you're a performer so i should have done i should have done media arts and we get we do a thing a final exam in, in school called the leaving cert and i missed that course by five points so let's say it was 425 oh. and i got 420 right and um now there's various back doors and different ways you could have, you could have or I could have got into that had I wanted to. I could have done a diploma and then a kind of segued into that, or I could have done lots of things. Mm-hmm. My second choice was right. journalism, which I was really interested in as well because I was quite <clears throat> interested in writing, and I still am to a degree. I just don't do it. Didn't didn't get the points for that either, so I didn't do that. And then I got this business and management course, which I ended up doing. It was just generic bullshit you know business studies economics accountancy i hated accountancy i know you are an accountant but personally for me I, like i hated it i was bad at it and <laughs> i didn't like it and i ended up failing that every year and i ended understandable up, i repeated two full years of college um and then i ended up making a four-year degree a six-year a six-year degree and i had to really knuckle down in the last couple of years if i wanted to pass and get a degree which i did like I, you know but like and it, like there wasn't much of my parents' money gone into this because you don't pay fees in Ireland uh, for this stuff, um, so it was fine. But um, I still felt like a, a shit kind of person, and uh, and I and I didn't even I had to knuckle down for something that I didn't even want. <laughs> then at the end of it, after all that, I got a degree in something that I couldn't have given a fuck about, that I only did because I felt I should have done, and I really my heart was somewhere else entirely. And I should have followed my fucking heart, and I didn't. And be all because it would have delayed me a year in going to fucking college. What's the fucking year now? Like I'm 36 years old. It wouldn't have made a right. slight bit of difference. So, so do you have regrets? Yes, absolutely, loads of them. All these people who say like, "Oh, live, live long, blah, do whatever, have no regrets, no regrets, live, leave a beautiful no. corpse." I've, I've loads of regrets. Fucking yes, loads of them. totally agree and totally relate with that. Like you can't. But also at the same time, as you get older and wiser, you you, you kind of realize that you can't really you can't really dwell on that shit that happened. No, and do you know what? I don't dwell on it. And teenage what teenage years and yeah, yeah, exactly. What I've I done mean, in recent years is just said, right, the things that I was interested in, I'm going to go and do them anyway. I'm going to go and do them my own way, my own entry way in into these things and i'm gonna go and pursue them and see if i like them and I, most of the time i have quite enjoyed them and liked them so like create yeah. your own opportunities isn't that what they say right right Bla- trailblazing like as yeah. blaze did as yeah. blaze did <laughs> oh jesus how did we end up talking about this <laughs> we're it's not good. even we're, we're not even one song in we're, we haven't even started the lyrics this is the um, shit people are going to come back the- for from the Sinjutsu uh, sessions, like the people love those well, chats. We're getting into the deep, 
like deep personal stuff and i find that is like interesting to listen to about people of course it is yeah a lot of podcasters won't give you a fucking inch about their personal life right and you try to listen you try to you try to learn some things about people when you listen to them and it's impossible when they're just you know speaking platitudes and you know false i don't know banalities and platitudes yeah platitudes good word yeah, that's a great word. Yeah, anyway. I love using it actually. But um, yeah, anyway. So, um, educated fool. Okay. It's a juxtaposition. <laughs> There's a word. That's also a great word as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a juxtaposition. What of like a, a, ed- education and foolishness? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Smart, smart idiot. Okay, right. Okay, I'm going to play another bit of the song here before we spend four hours on this song. So. We were just coming into the chorus there. Or not the chorus, the fucking vocals, yeah. Jesus. I'm supposed to do about this awkward situation Has been fostered out upon me As I'm walking down into On my own into the valley of life Got a lifetime of experience Oh, it's so good. Blaze yeah, is awesome. Yeah, I love it as well. Especially here, the change of pace right here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, pause it there at open the page of chapter one because what yeah. I want to say is actually back to the kind of actual music and stuff as well. I love Blaze's voice and I do too. To me, it's not Bruce or Blaze because I wasn't raised on Bruce and I wasn't raised yeah. on Paul. I was I was raised on Iron Maiden and I've said this many times in many different podcasts and many different conversations but i got the best of the beast cd and the first voice i heard on that was blaze bailey because it was in reverse chronological order and at the time that was released it was 96 i didn't get it until 2002 but um all of the blaze songs were kind of front loaded onto the on the start of the cd i didn't even know there were different singers in iron maiden i didn't until much later i didn't learn any of that stuff i think your experience is is quite unique yeah in that way because most most maiden fans well, my like I I got into Maiden probably two thousand six two thousand seven, and I heard uh, I can't even remember the first song that I would have heard, but it was probably like Two Minutes to Midnight, mm. Fear of the Dark, uh, Revelations, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, yeah, uh, you know the classics. Mm. But for you, you got in what you said two thousand two, and it was Best of the Beast, yeah, and it was and it was Blaze, Blaze Bailey. And I, I had really no idea cool. who he was. That's or, a really cool perspective. I had a vague recollection or, of, of seeing Bruce Dickinson as a talking head on documentaries on Sky One, which is a TV station who, that's gone now in, in Ireland and the UK. Um, and like they'd have the documentary like, I love 1984 or I love 1986. And they'd have all these pricks going, oh, I remember what they had, uh, Sky Electric yeah. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> <These> pricks. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, like between Maiden stints, obviously, when Bruce was recording Skunk Works and whatever, he was taking a few quid from Sky One to be a talking head on uh, oh I God. Love 1986 or whatever. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, they used to have these cakes and you can get them now. And blah, blah, blah. He's like, like, whatever, just nostalgic money, like, you know, paid for nostalgia. Uh, from some vague celebrity um <laughs> and these <It's> very well said <laughs> and these shows were a fucking dime a dozen back in the 90s like especially on like yeah. cable television before digital television was even around um, wow so bruce dickinson i'd seen him on a that couple of those feel old, doesn't it yes but i'd seen i'd seen him definitely on one or two of these and i hope somebody listening will remember this and point me to a clip because i remember seeing bruce dickinson 
former singer of Iron Maiden or something like that. And his name was in my head. And then my brother used to sing the song. When I got into ACDC and Guns N' Roses and like vaguely heavy bands, my older brother used to come into my room and used to go, bring your daughter, bring your daughter to the oh, starter. And I was playing, like, I don't, like, that, I don't like them. I don't like Iron Maiden. I'm playing Maiden. that at my wedding. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. I fucking hope so. <laughs> For sure. Uh, absolutely. But uh, I, I, I had a couple of Iron Maiden songs at my wedding as well, although the less said about that, the better. Um, yeah. But uh, I he used to come in and sing that, and he was like like taking the piss out of me. He was like, I don't listen to Iron Maiden. I don't listen to Iron Maiden because uh, I didn't at the time. Is your brother into Iron Maiden? No, he, he no 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 no. no? He, like he likes reggae, Pink Floyd, and oh interesting, the Jam and, and older. Uh, he's older. Yeah, he's in his forties now. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's so interesting because I have a similar experience with my older brother because he was into like. You know the popular music back oh, back yeah. in the day, the top forty and rap and mm. I don't know. Well, the, the, uh, this brother of mine, I won't name him just just yeah. in case, but uh, like he used to like things like the Killers, right? But then when the Killers became popular, he would disown them. He'd be like, "Oh, I don't listen to that shit anymore, Ferg." And I'd be like, "Well, you were playing it, like, blaring it out of your bedroom with your door wide open, proud as punch, <laughs> only a few <laughs> weeks ago, and then all of a sudden, Mr. Brightside is on the radio, and now you don't like it anymore." It's like this ridiculous. I jam to that song. Yeah, that's great. That's that's one of my yeah. college albums. Uh, Hot yeah. Fuss. Yeah, that that's sounds, definitely classic. Sends me right back. Uh, okay, let's get back on track. Yeah, okay. So uh, we have Blaze's voice. Yeah, so what I was going to say anyway, I think a lot of your enjoyment of this album hangs in that fact that Blaze is singing on it. That preference, like if, if you do not like the sound of Blaze's voice, if you grew up on Bruce and you're like, who is this guy coming in now? I mean, you might not enjoy any of this album, and I think a lot of people who fall into that category of, oh, Virtual Eleven is the worst Iron Maiden album of all time, are that type of person who grew up on Bruce and simply yep. have no time for Blaze Bailey. And I, I'm I'm a bit there's similar. There's tons of people like that. But I'm, I'm kind of similar like with some bands. So like, there's a Swedish band called Civil War, and they released three albums with this absolutely excellent singer called Nils Patrick Johansson, and then he moved on and he left the band. And I saw them perform with their newer singer at a festival a couple of years ago. And I was kind of standing there with my arms folded going, this guy is shit. <laughs> and he yeah, wasn't shit. Weird. He was like, he was he was perfectly adequate. He could hit all the notes. I mean, probably even better than Blaze would have been as a sub- substitute right. for Bruce in that he could hit all the notes, he could sing all the songs. But to me, it was like, he, he he's no stage presence. He's no charisma. He doesn't. He's not the same right. as the guy I know. Yeah. It reminds me of Dragon Force. Did you ever get into them? Mm-hmm. A bit, they, yeah, uh, years ago. I, that was my. Uh, that was the probably the first metal band that I ever really got into when I was like, I don't know, fourteen. Yeah. And they had like the lead singer, who's now the lead singer of his name Zed P. Thart. Yeah, he's also he's just uh, left Skid Row. Isn't he on Skid Row? He, he was Skid them. Row. Yeah, yeah, isn't that weird? They got a new singer now. But anyway, so they could Dragon Force has this new singer, and he's perfectly adequate and can still hit all of those notes and everything but it's just it's just not the same i think when i started listening to dragon force they had a different singer before even zp yeah uh you said z as a i did say z there because it rhymes with p (laughs) zp yeah does does sound kind of weird yeah i'm not kind of i'm not a sociopath um so as you're saying that um it's a, a preference thing blaze versus bruce um chelsea who's my fiance she 
we listen. So last night I was doing, you know, taking my notes on this song. And, Sorry, they, and they then, didn't have a, a previous singer other than ZP. Uh, I'm, I'm making that right. up. Anyway, go on. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, so we were just making dinner or whatever last night and I was, I was asking what her thoughts are on, on this song. Oh yeah. She likes Blaze, doesn't she? Yeah. She, and she said like one of the first comments was, I prefer Blaze over Bruce yeah. because like his, his voice is just so much fuller and, uh, you know, more passion and like a, just, just a better overall singing voice. And I kind of get that. I kind of get that as a, as a perspective because Blaze's voice is just, uh, you know, it's very, it's so unique. And so is Bruce's, but Blaze's voice I don't know. There's, uh, you know, I don't know. There's something about it. I, I, I think I can make a distinction here, which will explain that mindset. And it's that, uh, to me, Blaze's voice is quite honest and Bruce's voice is a performance. Yeah. Yeah. Blaze doesn't sound like he's doing a performance. And I, I don't have anything against a musician like doing a performance on, a, on a, an album. But like Bruce is like, when I sing, when I hear him singing Revelations, when he's like, "Oh God of Earth and Altar," it's like, yeah. it's not like, yeah. it's not like, "I'm an educated fool." Right, you're so that's such a you're bang on. Yeah, it's so bang on. Because it, it blazes, blazes somehow more singing from the heart. Yeah, and, and I blaze, still, like, I still prefer can, Bruce as a singer, but Blaze and, has that uh, kind of working class, um, kind of genuine aspect to him. Is there any is there any Maiden song where Bruce is like whispering like Blaze does in uh, Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger? I think it's Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger. He's kind oh, of Oh yeah, whispering. I have that in that that he's whispering like a creep. I have yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the few notes that I have. <laughs> he's whispering like a creep. <laughs> so we we're going to talk for about an hour on um, educated fool. I actually wrote a note like basically, at one point I was like thankfully he stopped whispering. Yes. Yeah, do, do we have to even analyze don't look No, we can we can skip over that quite quickly, I reckon. I hope so anyway. <laughs> No, there's some good there's some good points in Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger and we'll get to that. Okay, but we we need to play a bit more of this. I song. think yeah, I think we need to we need to proceed here. Yeah. So we're on the uh, open the page chapter 1 type of thing. I'm just going to yeah. go back to Very hope, hopeful hopeful message. Open the page of chapter 1. Could this just be the life's just begun? Forever within your darker thoughts reflecting on everything. I love this heavy guitar now when it's in. Somebody's just opened the door to the book of life Or is it death? Is there ever any way out? Someone's looking down on me To the very inner core of my soul They won't tell me what they see But I really want to know I want to live my life on my own I want to live the unturned stone I want to walk right into the fire Okay, so we've heard a bit of that there, and uh, so much to so much to dig into. Yeah, so let's have a look. I'm going to pull up the lyrics here as well. Um, so I want to leave. He actually says, I, "I always used to think he was saying live, 
because yeah i thought it was live mm. too and i was gonna ask you what your take on leave well i i was thinking he was just staying in the blaze baby style i want to leave my life for my own yeah yeah <laughs> but it, yeah it seems to be leave here in the booklet that i'm holding here in, in my hands so um, yeah i don't know what so that means actually to be honest leave. In, my, in my mind in my mind it's like uh like because i originally thought is i want to live my life on my own and that's like you know maybe you just want to escape your parents or like a relationship or, or something and you want to just like live by yourself but leave my life on my own i think it yeah. kind of i means mean it's more more so like i want to kind of die die on my own terms and have lived a life that 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 I've lived, you know, all of my desires and all that. I Well, I was thinking something so a bit different. So I did Google it and like online sources as well say leave. Okay. So it seems like leave is the correct. Yeah. I was just checking. If yeah, the book I think it right. is leave. But I'm thinking. But it's, an inter- it's an interesting difference, right? Because yeah. live my life on my own is different from leave oh, my life on my it, own. It's so different. So I actually yeah. messaged Nesbitt there just before we started recording. Asking him, did he know when Steve Harris's dad died? Because I couldn't find any. Info. Yeah, it was right. It was right before this. Was it right before this? Because I couldn't find any yeah. info of it for online for definite. Because I know he wrote Blood Brothers about his dad, right? So, and then also we know Steve Harris got a divorce in in ninety five, right? Or around that time, yeah. around the X Factor. So I was wondering if like, so this song is written solely by Harris. So is he saying yeah. I want to leave my life on my own? I have a life on my own now, and I don't want that. I want to leave that. I want to lift the unturned okay, stone. Okay, yeah, yeah, and and you know what? I think we could also make that connection to Blaze. Yeah. Again, like every other song on this album, in his impending exit. But like Blaze the... hasn't written anything on this song, though. True, true, but yeah, but he he is singing the lyrics, so you kind of have. Yeah, I don't know. I I made a note there. Blaze question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I I can see what you mean, but, but I don't know if it applies yeah. to this song. But there was, you know, all of our other theories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't worry. I have plenty of theories now for the next yeah. few songs. But uh, yeah. yeah, but I no, I think this is more Steve and his quest or his 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 but, voyage that he's about the, to embark the whole, on. That that whole um that whole verse before you know open the page of chapter one. Could this just be that life's just begun? Uh, and I literally, as I said that. I remember our discussion on Senjutsu and Steve throwing in the word just. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did no. it twice in that line. For sure. He says really about 900 times in the next bit. Like, could you That's ever so really funny. feel that you ever really, 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 really <laughs> and you have so just much really. to show. <laughs> yeah. I just really, really, really. I just really, really, just really, really, really. <laughs> I was on autopilot with these, but in fairness, these aren't like these are not bad lyrics compared to like some of the right. stuff we get later on. So what I was going to say was like th- throughout that whole that whole verse, it's very hopeful yeah. and kind of gets you fired up. Yes, and it's kind of like you know, it's maybe you're a little bit later in your life, but it, but you know, you're about to embark on something that maybe you realize now that you should have embarked on long ago you know and i I, and i relate to that because i was in like a a long seven-year relationship that i knew wasn't right for me oh fuck you're preaching to the choir yeah there's some some more personal background Mm. so i could relate to that for sure because it's like do you ever really feel that you have so much potential inside yes i do yeah Yeah, i do yeah 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 Yeah. and it's been stifled 
Right, exactly. And it's not anyone else's. It's, like, it's not anyone's fault. Finally, it's not anyone's fault not, in particular. No, no. But it's being no, stifled. There's no fault. It's just, it's just you, you as you grow older and you realize things, and you learn and you experience life. It's you, you basically, yeah, like that line reflecting on everything you've been taught. And I, it's just, uh, yeah, that, that it's just every almost every line in this song completely resonates with me i know and that, that bit i just said there do you ever really feel that you have so much potential inside let's just ignore mm-hmm. the readies for a sec that you have so much potential inside what you really have to give could be realized so much more i also yeah. was in a long-term relationship that was not right for me for many years yeah. longer than you actually and um i uh would never have done this podcast had i stayed in that relationship and that's mm-hmm. a fucking fact it's not yeah. because of anything bad that the person i was in a relationship did no to you both me. have your own lives right but we it's we had settled into this kind of day-to-day um i'm gonna i'm just sure i'm gonna say the word rut because it was like it was kind of a rut and the idea that you might go off and do something like radical like start your own heavy metal podcast was just so outside of that rut that it would just yeah. never have happened and yeah it never would have happened and this is one of the best things I've ever done in my life and I'm glad I did it and I did feel I had so much potential inside uh, absolutely <laughs> even really? even for you something just, like this even really this. <laughs> I really did you just really did <laughs> but seriously though I knew I knew I had something no I, I know I had I something know, to offer you know. like somebody um, I feel you and uh, it wasn't going to be realized in that relationship yeah well and somebody's open just open the door yeah <laughs> somebody's like, just open but like the door. i i, I, th- I think feel, uh, steve could be like feeling positive about his future here Let's you're, yeah you're finally seeing life for what it is and you're also kind of realizing the death because you know uh that line the book of life or is it death life equals death pretty much it's and it's kind of like a to me anyway and so common among Harris compositions is this existential struggle, right? Oh my He's God. To figure out his place in the world. Do you know what? For like, for one of the most successful musicians in the world, and certainly in maybe the top two most successful metal bands ever, this guy is, what did Bruce describe him as one time? He's like, he's a tortured motherfucker. Uh, and he seems to be. Like this, yeah. Based on these lyrics, man, like he he's gone through some shit. But even in um, even in his latest songs, like it's it's you know it's like yeah. hell on earth. <laughs> right. Like, it's not as if and like that, in twenty twenty that song that song is so kind of uplifting too. I, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but we don't need to re- yeah. re- recover over old ground. Yeah. But like, uh, but it's like death, hell. You know, those themes are still really popular in so his songs, many. Like, yeah, it's just constant with all, all of his compositions. Yeah. And like it's like I mean he is he's sitting pretty now like he's got his six kids from his different relationships he seems to be on good terms with them they're in bands they're playing at download uh, you know I mean like he's he's flying he could he's flying high he could rest on laurel he could rest Harris. on all of his laurels and no one would ever blame him the Iron Maiden <laughs> generates so much goodwill like more so than any other band I've ever seen yeah I've never known a band to generate such goodwill. <laughs> All right. Guess who's back? Back again. Okay. 
<laughs> You've already shown me that I can hear you. I actually can't. Oh, you're muted. I'm not muted. Don't fuck with me. I thought you were fucking me, fucking with me for a second there. <laughs> I'm not. Oh. Are you fucking with me? Sorry, I was muted. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, you were fucking with me. You know what? I muted yeah. myself when I went to the toilet because I didn't want you to hear me doing yeah. a piss. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Sorry. I didn't realize I wasn't fucking with you. I would never fuck with That's you. pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah, you would never. <laughs> All right. I know that. Okay, let's let's play the chorus, right? Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Wait. No? Wait, we're not, we're not there yet, are we? Okay, do we have more to say before we're the chorus? We're at... Uh, we're at 147 there's a part before there's a whole other verse i want to live my life on my own no no uh go to 147 okay so we're just gonna dip back into this here it's around 147 Okay, so we were talking about that, yeah. So we were, yeah. I guess we we did already talk about that, but we didn't actually play the. I don't think we did play the actual audio from that. But that that whole part just speaks to me, like as we we're already saying, you know. Yeah. Like I, I, there's some frustration. Oh, absolutely. You know, like back when he's he's saying like. They won't tell me what they see. Mm. Someone's looking down on me, but, but and I really want to know. And then, like, like somebody's withholding information. So that's why I was wondering maybe, about his maybe about Steve his dad. from Blaze. Well, no, I was wondering about his dad at that time. So I was wondering, like, yeah, what, and that's again, I can I can relate to that but because I don't know for a fact that his dad is dead at this point in his life now. But um, I think he, I think he was. Yeah, I always thought. I, I sorry, not I always thought. I was thinking earlier that um. Where is that fucking line? I can't find it. Oh yeah, someone's That's looking near, down yeah. on me to the very inner core of my soul. So it's like somebody's judging him, going, "You, you're, you're better than this, Steve. Right? You, right. you can do more than this." And he and whoever's judging knows the answer. And then at least they won't like, tell him. Yeah, they won't tell me what they see, but I really want to know. So it's like he wants yeah. somebody to tell him what his his fate is or his future should be. It's like he right. wants to skip steps five through eight and just get to yeah. steps nine, <laughs> nine and ten or whatever. Uh, exactly. But it's like he knows. I think deep down he knows he has to forge that path. And I think this yeah, is probably and he knows this is probably a very difficult period of his life. Again, like you know, he's got Blaze, a singer. They're probably not fully confident in Blaze after the X Factor. Um, then you know there's whisperings of like bruce bruce is off making albums like chemical wedding and accent the birth again to touch on that theme and he's like what the fuck am i going what what am i supposed to do what am i gonna do like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do with my life i've had a divorce i've fucking my my band is like playing to smaller and smaller and smaller audiences uh those last two albums we did with Bruce were shite. He wasn't happy. I don't know if we should get back with him. Although, all of a sudden, he's doing metal albums that sound like we used to sound. And he seems happy doing that. And Adrian's with him. Well, I'm with this guy. And I'm not that happy. I don't know what to fucking do. But, but, there's that message of hope. Yes, right? it, it is hopeful. It's that there's, you have potential. And that I think that speak yeah, that whole, that whole verse speaks to me a lot, as we already kind of alluded to. And that more personal struggles in my life like i i had this like un unsolvable it seemed health uh like gut problem where like i couldn't physically 
live my life day to day. Like I couldn't go to the bathroom pro- properly. I know it's getting maybe a bit personal, but like, like you were telling me about past, this like, at one point, yeah. Over the past couple of years, and even like a year or two ago, I wouldn't have even believed myself if I would have told myself in a year, this won't be a problem for you anymore. And eventually I figured out that it was very highly correlated with stress in my life. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And that, and it was, yeah. And then I think a lot of that had to do with the relationship that I was in at the time mm-hmm. and that path that I was taking. And I knew deep down inside that it wasn't the right path. And it kind of manifested in these gut problems and anxiety and insomnia, sleep problems. And, and you know, just, it, but this, this whole song just gives me, it kind of, it, it resonates a lot with me because I've made so many strides mm. in my health, my relationship, my life, my career mm. as a person, as a, you know, an educated fool. As a podcaster. Uh, I might probably be a father <laughs> and so, uh, soon ish, you know, at some point, you know, like a manager, all of these things that, that yeah. I wouldn't have even imagined two or three years ago. I, I can relate to that, not with the gut thing, but with certainly feelings of anxiety, stress yeah. and panic attacks I used to get. Uh, and right. that was yeah to me that was related to being in a relationship that I didn't want to be in sorry that sounds too harsh a relationship that no, wasn't no, right no, for me I know what you mean and we were going in the direction that wasn't right for me as a person as a human uh, yeah. who, who enjoys his freedom and needs to have that <laughs> and at, like at maybe at like the an outlet right? at the expense of other things and I was yeah. getting I used to sit on this on the sofa at night and I'd get um, I'd get like palpitations and a panic attack, and for no reason whatsoever. And um, you were resting on your laurels. I fell. I don't know what I was doing, but I was, I was, I was in the wrong place. That I shouldn't, I should have been. And ever since I've changed that, I don't have that anymore. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, same with me. And you know, life still isn't like I don't have. I don't mean to say that I'm like fucking perfect or anything, but you know, I. I'm in a much better position than I was not even two years same, ago. Same here, yeah. It was like daily, every single day was a struggle mm. back then. I, share, I shared like a photo every... of um, uh, us in the cart and horses yeah. back in 2018. And I think at that right, time yeah. we were both in those. We were, we were both in that those relationships, <laughs> yeah. And both of our significant others the people who were in those photos with us are no longer in our lives (laughs) which is interesting Um, and we're both doing better (laughs) i think i think so and yeah like now every day i kind of wake up and i feel like i'm i'm in the right place and i'm doing what i'm meant to do i mean maybe not perfectly but like i'm in a pretty good i got a pretty good job you know my my relationship is amazing compared to you know i don't yeah yeah. no you don't need to go too too deep into it but i know exactly what you mean yeah absolutely right and it's like but and i think also it just because it just comes with that wisdom and learning those lessons of life and those those stages of your life where you 
go through these different learning experiences. And I'm kind of learning that as I, as I grow older and see, you know, you can kind of reflect on those times and realize what it was now, you know, it's like, man, it's just, Mm. yeah, it's cool. And then now we're digging in deep into this song and then it just makes me feel all these things. It's so cool. Do you know what I think as well? As I was, listening to this and writing notes on it i was feeling similar a lot of similar things to what you're feeling as well and um i uh i i i just cannot understand how people so easily dismiss one this album and two like the latter half well maybe the song after this isn't that good but this song and, and the one that finishes the album como esta amigos yeah. like, i don't know how people can so easily dismiss those songs like they're just to me like there's so much to them and like, yeah, Steve is Steve is not fucking Ernest Hemingway here. He's not writing poetry, right. but like he's writing relatable things that you can actually hang your hat on and go, yeah, I've done that. I've been there. I can relate to that. I've experienced that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like you want to live out all your desires. I can relate to that, too. It's like, oh, man, I used to. I don't know. I used to try all, all sorts of things to try and like improve my life, you know, like meditation, um, tapping like EFT. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but it's like you tap on these different parts of your body and like repeat these mantras of like, I am healthy. I am happy. I am fulfilling all my desires as you like tap these different points on your body. Mm. No, I haven't heard of that. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty like, out there but it's like it's it's gained it sounds like you're in a cult with yourself or something Uh, no yeah (laughs) so so like what what and one of one of those like healing modalities that i tried back then was yoga nidra which is just like a type of yoga i think and it's just it just um you just listen to like this audio that kind of guides you into like a a almost like a hypnotic state where you're like, you're still awake, but you're Mm. kind of in like that subconscious. And then it's like feeding you all of these positive messages of like, follow your desires and like, think of the most deepest desire that you have in your heart and like, just imagine it, picture it on like projector in your mind and just like focus all of your energy in that moment and just like trying to manifest that that thing whatever that is whatever that deepest desire is Hmm. so that's that's kind of where i that's one of the notes i had on the living out all my desires it's like that was one of the things that i was trying back in the day you know like meditation i still do meditation i don't really do yoga nidra anymore but that was one of the things that i that uh that I, you know, I tried so many things. I tried changing my diet, tried, you know, Hmm. you name it, supplements. I spent so much money on supplements trying to fix my, my life, you know, just with, you know, uh, pharmaceutical, whatever it was. And And in the end, I realized it was mostly in my head. I think 95% of it was in my head. Wow. That was quite a thing to realize. Mm. Revelations here. Right. Past the point of no return. On virtual 11. 
<laughs> no, yeah. that's fucking uh, that's deep stuff, and thank you for sharing that. It is, yeah. I was so looking forward to talking about this song because it was just like, and especially over the last two years, I kind of I can, and and you know how you go through those different phases with Maiden, right? And you you you'll go back to an album, and now that we're because we're doing Virtual Eleven kind of half not forced to but like i'm digging back into oh no you have you have to listen to it yeah there's nothing wrong with saying that like yeah absolutely i had to as well like i had to listen to it a few times and i probably i would even just by you and i talking about this song i would probably put it like in top 10 and top 10 is saying a lot i know you don't like ranking but (laughs) i this song is just i I don't know. I just like it. Just it speaks to you clearly on on many levels. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we we're not even two minutes in, and we've been talking for an hour. That's well, we've been talking for longer than an hour. I I I, uh, I regret to inform you. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I've nowhere to go. Do you? No. <laughs> All right, no, grand. absolutely. I have not. a free house. My house mate isn't yeah. here, so I can. As, as I That's said nice. to you during the week, I, I can be as loud as and obnoxious as I want. Um, Excellent. So let's okay. I think we should play the chorus here. Um, okay. So we're there now. So we have the like. I really, really want. We've talked about all this. I want to leave my yep. life on my own. I want to lift the under in stone. I'm gonna yep. play the chorus here. It's at two minutes twenty eight. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. Okay, so it goes on there for another bit, but um, that's kind of essentially the chorus. Time will go, and I will follow. Um, what do you make of it? I think that um, some, there's some harmonies there. Yeah, so actually, the actual sound of the chorus it, it reminds me of something that I can't quite put my finger on. I want to say something like '80s Rush, but it's not quite what I'm trying to um, compare it to. It's like a, a multi-layered kind of proggy band. Not a multi-layered, but like a proggy band which has like layered choruses. Um, that's what it reminds me of. So I, I think it's a nice change. I don't. I can't recall any other Iron Maiden chorus that sounds like that uh, at all. Actually, in, in any of their songs from their entire catalog, it is. It is. It is a unique sounding chorus for the Maiden Definitely. catalog. I know. I know that Bruce has some, um, especially on the latest album with the harmonies with like with yeah. himself but this is just like multi-track this and, is, and heavy is, and I don't mean heavy in a heavy metal it sense it's just like weighty but anyway sorry yeah my, my thing about this is t- um, sorry time will time will flow and I will follow time will go but I will follow so my think- flow is, flow is the word is the word that in, that intrigues me there my thinking on this is that Steve is saying that time is going to continue on regardless of what yep his input yep. is like he's he's almost asking what he realizes but he's asking earlier on is like uh somebody's looking down on me what is it to the very inner core of my soul they won't tell me what they see but i really want to know but later on he's saying time will flow and i will follow so he's basically saying whatever it is i'm just going to go along with it and whatever path our fate is set out for me 
I am going to fulfill that fate and that is my role on this planet. Now, I don't necessarily believe in that myself. I don't believe in the concept of fate or the idea that that your path has been set out for you. And then I don't even think he believes it in the lyrics that he's written earlier on in the song, like all of the things he wants to do, lift the unturned stone. Um, so yeah. it's like it, it's like he's he's having an inner battle between the concept of fate, uh, his path being set out for him, and him not wanting to necessarily follow that path, and then him wanting to do what he actually wants to do. So this this song to me seems like, I mean, educated fool is probably a good name for it because he's like he has all this education, he knows yeah. everything, but he knows nothing, like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, you could make the argument that it's a hopeful message, but there's also that kind of dreadful, you know, if you do, time's just going to keep going on and whether or not I do anything about it, it's still, you know, life's just going to happen and we're going to die. It's the ebb and flow. That's why yeah, I said the, absolutely. The, the word flow kind of intrigued me more because like, what is time? And, you know, that's a question. That's a deep question in and of itself. It's a what is what is life everything it's nothing it's something it could be not it could be nothing it could not be nothing <laughs> yeah absolutely and i mean like you know what i'm saying it's not it wouldn't be the first or the last iron maiden song to question this concept life is not nothing it's something yeah i mean yeah. it might not be anything we're and we're and we're prisoners <laughs> yeah you know what it might i'm not, not a prisoner anything. i'm a free man yeah <laughs> oh man right so we were kind of prisoners i think you know where time goes where time goes i will follow and it's a ebb and flow of life as you go through these little phases and you know as i you know as you and i both went through like these phases of life where you realize now that was not the correct not, not that it, it's correct now but maybe you know we kind of corrected our path a little bit uh, anyway i know i'm rambling now you remind me of the caretaker in the shining have you seen the shining the film uh i've seen the simpsons version you haven't seen the shining <laughs> i saw that no i haven't seen the shining oh I, I saw the uh oh no I, oh no 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 there's a sequel oh, no, there's a sequel no, no. that i've seen what the fucking Doctor Sleep? Um, I can't remember what it was called. It was, it was released. Did it have Ewan McGregor in it? it? I don't recall. Do it was a recent release. All right. I don't okay. know. Sorry. Anyway, there's there's a character in it, and he's basically talking about murdering people. He's like, and I corrected her, <laughs> and I corrected right. them as we well. We corrected. Yeah, we correct. <laughs> corrected our path <laughs> yeah anyway uh, you you need to watch the shining that's the, my main takeaway from this evening uh the shining that's that's not acceptable that you haven't watched the shining i'm sorry that's not socially acceptable i know like all the main kind of doesn't matter story no, 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 but yeah no, no, you're right matter. you're right it's not you're socially right. acceptable I will, uh, you're right i will watch it no you you oh you will you're right yeah we're gonna do a podcast on it I know the I know like the here's Johnny thing and I know like the bartender and I know the red rum and I know they're like two little twin girls and that creepy. Yeah, but sure everybody know, knows like, all that shit, but it's how he goes crazy on the fucking stair. You know, I know like I know what everything. I I'm know sure you know the movie, Simpsons reference. Actually seen the movie. 
<laughs> go crazy. Don't mind <laughs> if I do. <laughs> do you know what? If you watch it, you'll see all of this. Like, it'll be just such a, a whole fucking selection of cultural references just coming together. You're just be like, ah, that's that bit. Ah. Um, yeah. No, you should watch it though, uh, because in general, all yeah. of those pieces are set pieces in the film. It's that hotel, right? The hotel. The Overlook Hotel, like, yeah. Weird. Yeah. But the whole film actually builds towards this general feeling of like unease, um, and those uh, those highlight pieces are yeah they're like they're all, they're for the highlight shows or for parodies or something. But like the rest of the film is where the the real shit happens, like the scenes where they're just sitting yeah. around being really uncomfortable and tense and awkward and what the fuck is going on. All right, I will endeavor to watch it. <laughs> I think you better had. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Do we want to play the riffing? The finish. You know what? We should go to the end of the second little chorus there, which is about three minutes in. Yeah. So three oh nine. I love the guitar tone yeah. here. It's excellent. Yeah. Actually. And there's a little time change or a melody yeah. change. Yeah. So let's yeah. go there. Right before the solo. You talking about this? Yep. And then it's gonna it's gonna change in a bit. It's fucking brilliant. And then the first solo is Dave. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to stop it there, but yeah, that is excellent. I actually had the solos so written down. Uh, Yannick into Dave? Question mark. But you've said Dave into Yannick. I'm going to I'm going to trust your Yannick. judgment more than my yeah. own. And you know what? I only know that because I, I I googled it and I I it's on a Reddit page and it could it could very well be wrong. But that that's how this guy has says is Dave first and. Well, so in the second one, the Yannick solo is like it's more melodic than I would expect from Yannick. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I think it's more like yes. yeah. soulful. And the first one, you, upon reflection, you can kind of figure out that it, that does sound like Dave Murray. I suppose the proof is in the pudding and, in watching the yeah. live video, so we can and find that. I out. never really gave it like a proper critical listen. You know, like these two solos, I never really paid attention to until we did this episode. And then I listened to these two solos and like, yeah. these two solos are standout yeah. on the album. Same, and same. And like standout on, a, sure. on an album that has excellent solos as well, like, yeah. Um, yeah. which are often overlooked. So yeah, um, 
to summarize, I've said Steve is looking for answers. He is the fool. Um, that is my summary of this song. Yeah, because I guess like um, after the solo just goes back into I want. To, oh, there's another verse that we should we should talk about after, at around five minutes. He said, I want to meet my father beyond. So that answers yeah. my question about when did his dad die? Yeah, obviously before. this. Yeah, yeah exactly. And again, as you know, uh, my, I lost my dad and somewhat recently. It's almost been four years now, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, but I lost my dad in 2018. And that, man, I don't know. Like this whole song just absolutely almost brings me to tears. Like I'm almost crying Mm. right now. I'm like, I want to feel no fear, but delight. It's it's just hopeful. (laughs) You know, you feel that like he's missing his father. Mm. And I feel that too every day. And, you know, you just want to fucking live life to the fullest and, make him proud and make him you feel him i feel him every day and i laugh every day because of his stupidity mm-hmm. <laughs> and because of how like just silly that i the silliness that i am is because of him right like mostly like my mom's pretty silly too but you know I'm, i wouldn't be as silly as i am if it weren't for my dad and so yeah anyway so meeting my father beyond uh, that speaks to me a lot very good okay all right and on that note i think uh we will finish up with the educated fool and what a what a brilliant excellent analysis of that song brilliant Uh, brilliant song we've talked about that song for an hour and a half (laughs) yeah we sure did (laughs) could we um could we just um play the outro as well and talk about it for a second yeah sure Whoa, any particular like kind of uh i don't know how long it is i have um maybe like six ten or so or six yeah it's just a classic paris such a good conclusion yeah it's nice nicely finished educated fool I love Blaze's voice as well like it's so god it gets so much shit but fuck me yeah no it's beautiful absolutely beautiful do you know if he's played this song as a solo artist I personally haven't seen him or heard him play it live but I've only seen him twice I'd imagine he probably has featured in one of his is this 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 song oh man it's just so under you know it's so under overlooked i'd say more so than underrated overlooked yeah i was gonna say overlooked first but then i underrated (laughs) well i said it first so i beat but now now that yeah yeah yeah, beat you to it you said you're talking down to me i win the blaze competition (laughs) 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 yeah exactly I win. So, ha. Huh.